Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, now that I think we've thoroughly confused everyone by laying out so many possibilities with our clues, um, we better keep this thing going. You know, we talked about it in our introduction about how we tend to view decisions as major steps and major changes out of nowhere, just kind of scary because it's mm. sort of just all or nothing, as we talked yeah. about. Completely and then, right or completely wrong. Last time, if we followed sort of this looking for clues and discernment and how do we to think about it, we realized actually we have a lot of information that can inform our decisions or where decisions can emerge from. So today we're sort of giving all those clues, all those voices, circumstances, realities, we're giving them some criteria for how to measure them. Yeah, we need some way to get focus. We need something, way to help this mosaic emerge as something we can recognize, as something we can act on. And so, yeah, so we're going to use the word criteria. We're going to be looking in two areas, what makes work meaningful to us and what makes work rewarding to us, and talk about, you know, what is that for you? That, you know, it's so different for everyone. Some people love the... Um, just the advancing and thrive on the expanding responsibilities and expanding power and gets their juices flowing and come alive, always feeling on the edge of great success or, you know, monumental failure. And other people that just scares the life out of them and paralyzes them and they don't want anything like that. They want to know where their responsibilities start and end and in that knowledge, they are free to do their thing and make their contribution and want, you know, that stability and the regularity of that. For those two people that I just made up, the criteria for what kind of job they're looking for or what, you know, how to think about moving forward would be completely different. So let's talk about that. What the, the, we have these clues, we sort of a, a mass of information. And we're going to start this sort of criteria. And you said these two areas, meaningful and rewarding. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Okay. What's meaningful in work? Okay. Well, that's a pretty broad word, meaning. And what we're looking for here are what are the things that uh, make us content, what satisfies us, what makes us come alive, what makes us want to go to work, where we actually feel like we're making a contribution. So if you feel like you've done a good job because the report was complete and it was accurate and you tracked everything down and filled in all the details. And that's one form of satisfaction, of contentment, of meaning. You've, other people depend on that accuracy. They depend on that thoroughness. They depend on it all being there and that being information they can count on. You provided that. To another person, that would be very boring work, and they know they can't see details, and they're constantly making mistakes. And what for them would be a meaningful contribution is to participate in setting goals, maybe. Where can we get in the next year? Well, I think we can get a little farther than that. And then uh, they want the responsibility of coming up with what it would take to get there. Take more people? Does it take more money? Do we need to do things differently than we're doing now? And they want to be a part of creating that out of nothing that doesn't seem possible yet. And so they need to be where they're participating in um, the directions and getting to actually structure how they do their own work. And so, you know, neither is right or wrong. One's not better than the other, and one's not more valuable than the other. 
But if you don't know that about yourself and you've got clues that suggest that you would belong in a form on a team, you're a team player, you could on a team be in either of those roles. That would serve as a criteria for when looking at a position, you would say, no, I'm not looking for something that's so open-ended. Or no, you know, I'm not looking for something that's regular and detail-oriented. Well, and these criteria can include very practical things. Like, you know, these are obviously from my clues. I've, you know, I know that I, I have X amount of money that I need to be able to work with. I have these amount of hours that I need to be able to work with. And, you know, you just start ranking them and what's, you start ranking them and sort of lining them up with what's meaningful and rewarding to you so that both have a voice in your decision making. Exactly. So some of your reality-based clues had to do with home life and certain quality of living outside of work. Then that the criteria for how that would impact position is you'd want something that you could count on that pretty much ask for commitment, let's say uh, eight to five. Well, here's the power of what we're suggesting, Claudia, is you you get into a role that's eight to five and my uh, power American male voice comes into the equation and says, you're not being very aggressive with your career. You're not making very much money. You know, these guys who are putting in the hours are getting promoted and bonuses out the kazoo. You know, you're taking the easy way out. So we start second-guessing ourselves. But what we've done, here's what we're offering people with being able to articulate the criteria for your decision, is you have something to look back on and say, no, the criteria I used for making this decision, the rationale was that I wanted to have evenings with family. And so that's still true. I still have to do all my career-based advancements within the confines of 8 to 5. And that does give me less opportunity for going the extra mile than my colleague who does not have the same criteria or value or reward that they want. And you know, that's, that's very important because then we're not second-guessing ourselves. We actually can say, okay, the rationale still holds. I can keep going. Yeah, I had a, a coworker who at the time was very much involved with her artistic career, everything, and really wanted a job that could provide her with space, still have space at the end of the day, both mentally, physically, to paint, to be mm-hmm. in a studio, to create art, to... And so she was she was happy taking, or she was content, I should say. I mean, I think her wish was to, probably to live off of her art, but given mm. that that's not a reality for perhaps 99.9% of the population <laughs> in that field, she took a role where she had meaningful, rewarding, and, you know, a, a, a great network, a very um, supportive office sort of environment. But she was also able to have energy and space for doing her art, which is what really was her first love. There you go. So that's what criteria will do of the many things of all these voices shouting at you that are important to you. They are all important. But we start, need to start making decisions so we can have an underlying rationale. And I really suggest that you write this down. You actually have something on paper to refer back to when reality strikes and life gets complicated. So that when you take the position because you wanted the expanded responsibilities and you wanted to make the decisions yourself and have them stand or fall with you, um, and right after you change roles and take that position with all that responsibility, the economy falls apart. 
and all you've got are headaches and disasters, unsolvable problems that no one in the country knows how to approach. You know, instead of second guessing yourself, you can go back and say, well, no, in one sense, that's what I wanted. I got myself into the situation I wanted. It's not what I expected because it's difficult times we're in, but I don't have to second guess myself on my decision. And that's what drives people crazy. Whenever you get into the next situation and reality strikes, you feel you made, back to our fallacious thinking, the wrong decision. And when you go back to that right or wrong, all or nothing approach to decision making, you know, every little odd thing that happens is a strike against you. That brings up a, just, a, I, I think, a great segue into our next section. We're, we're talking about criteria this week, but we're also going to be talking about our circumstances do change. You can't plan ahead for what decision you make now, how it will affect the future entirely. You can, uh, mm. you can only plan it for the time that you're in, hoping that it has an impact on the future, that it's relevant to the future, that it's, it's worthwhile. How do we plan for the unexpected? Exactly. And that's all there is anymore. So that's a great segue. Future's not going to be the same in five years as we are planning for it now. And again, that's why what we're doing with this series is so powerful because it provides a way to check in and adjust along the way. And that's what we'll be looking at next week. So we'll hope you'll join us on our blog at boldenterprises.com. You can find it there and have any questions or comments about our series. And we're always welcome to your input and information. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.